So folks, I want to welcome you to New Church Live. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair. Great to be back here again. And boy, what a couple of weeks it's been. And what it's shown me is just a lot of good stuff and hard stuff and precious stuff. Like it's all somehow, you know, all part of this life that we live and that we share. And one of the parts of sharing it that got really, really clear was how much our church uh, is spread out. How many people, you know, join us in this beautiful congregation from all over the place. So I want to welcome both those of you who are joining us locally today, as well as those of you who are joining us far and wide. It's great to have you here as part of New Church Live and part of this, this community. So with that, we have a few announcements to go over. The first will be done from Angela. Hey, New Church Live. Happy Sunday. This is Angela. I'm just recording announcements. I'm away again this weekend, but I wanted to just let you know of a handful of things you can do to get involved at New Church Live. Um, we're busy planning our Easter series and some of the stuff connected to that, and I just wanted to make sure you all were aware how to get involved. Um, I mentioned it last week. Um, we're still sending out Easter kits if you're interested in getting one of those. They're free of charge. Um, it's just a handful of activities you can do with your family, connect with the Easter series um, and some of which we'll be using during our family pop-up services which are happening soon on April 25th and uh, no sorry March 25th and April 1st we're having family pop-up services in the evening um, and we're sending out these Easter kits so that you can um, do some activities with your family so if you want one of those all you have to do is email me I'll put my email address in the bottom here um, with your mailing address and I will send one out to you soon um, or you can fill out the contact form on our website. That's another way to get in touch with me and order one of those kits that are free. So we hope you'll take advantage of that. The next thing I want to mention is we've been um, working hard to find a way to uh, modify our Easter flowers. So if you've been here in the, in the past, um, traditionally people will bring Easter flowers to church on Easter Sunday and then we will donate them to a local charity. Um, and we still wanted to find a way to do this even though we're, um, you know, still in modified um, ways of um, interacting at New Church Live with COVID. So um, what we're doing is we've worked with a local um, florist. Um, it's actually a woman who has a, um, a flower arranging company and she's going to be um, creating flower arrangements that can be delivered locally within a 10 mile radius of Bernathan. Um, so you can order a flower arrangement for $25 and you can have it delivered to somebody locally. So we thought that this would be a great way for folks who might have been, you know, isolated during the pandemic and just to just spread some cheer and let them know that we're thinking of them. So you can order one of those flower arrangements um, by emailing me or you can just go to our um, donate page. They're $25 um, and you just have to let us know where you want it delivered. Again, it has to be within a 10 mile radius of Bernathan. Um, but we also have been working with a um, women's um, shelter out in Michigan um, that you can also donate towards the flowers and we will send flowers. They have 35 rooms and they're full to capacity. Um, it's a women's um, shelter for abused women and children. Um, and we are going to be sending flower arrangements to them out in Michigan. So it's a way of kind of spreading cheer um, for folks who've had a hard year um, and are going through a hard situation. So you have two options. You can order flowers um, to be delivered delivered locally, 
or you can just donate to the flower um, program and we will have flowers delivered out in Michigan. They're $25 um, each either way. And um, it's just a great way to kind of spread this um, Easter flower tradition and keep it going even though we're kind of modified this year. So if you have any questions, you can email me and um, I will answer them and get them ordered. And you have until Easter Sunday to order those flowers and we'll have them delivered the week after Easter. So we hope you'll love that idea. We thought it was a fun way to keep this tradition going um, and we're excited about it. Um, the last thing I wanna mention is that I'm gonna be starting a once a month moms group. It's open to anybody who has kids. Um, I'm spreading the word. It's gonna be once a month and our first meeting is gonna be on uh, March 25th at 7 p.m. and then we're gonna come together and talk about how we want to run the group. It's really just a space for supporting one another, talking about motherhood and some of the hard parts, some of the funny parts, and just really um, getting together and creating a space for moms. I'm a mom of three boys. Um, it's busy, it's crazy, um, and it's amazing at the same time. So I hope you will consider joining. If you want more information, um, you can spread the word. You can participate. You can invite a friend. They don't have to attend New Church Live. I just want to put it out there. I hope you'll consider joining, um, and I'm really excited. Like I said, the first one is March 25th at 7 p.m., um, and if you want more details, you can email me. The last thing, so much going on here at New Church Live. We're so excited about how um, things are coming together. We hope you'll consider supporting us financially. Um, all the things take resources and time, and uh, we hope you'll consider making a donation to support that. All you have to do is text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, and you can make a donation, you can set up a reoccurring donation, and actually that's the way to donate to the flower program I was mentioning before, it's just a $25 donation. So we hope you'll consider supporting us. Um, we're so excited at all the things going on this Easter. It's kind of a whirlwind. Um, so if you have any questions, you can email me or you can go to our website and there's a contact form there. You can ask any questions and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Um, I hope you all have a great Sunday and um, I'm excited for this Easter series and all the fun things going on. So thanks everyone. So again, a lot going on this Easter, and I just want to say, you know, it's just a precious season, right? It's just a precious season. And I do want to say out there, I love the idea of the flowers, and I, and I love the idea of delivering them locally as well as finding a, a woman's shelter out in Michigan. I know I was talking to our parishioner who's kind of spearheading that effort from out of Michigan. She says, you know, she calls the lady and she says, hey, would you be interested, you know, in the director of that particular shelter? She just burst into tears. You know, and that's, and that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to create that community that has an impact far beyond this little church that we have here in Bernathan, Pennsylvania, that, that can really do some things that, that will help people, that will just make the world, folks, just make the world a little kinder. Just make the world a little kinder this Easter season. So thank you so much for joining us. As the musicians come out, I just want to say again how wonderful it is to be back and a big welcome to all of you. Welcome to New Church Live. Thank you guys very much.
beautiful song, a beautiful way to start. And, and, and again, like coming back and, and sort of getting back in the saddle again, I mentioned it to some of the team, I'm a little nervous today. I feel like I haven't been here for a while. And, and for those of you who are, uh, you know, tune in for the first time in a few weeks, we had a funeral for a, for a wonderful young man out in Arizona, uh, followed by a, a baptism the next week out in Pittsburgh. So thank you to Curtis for, for covering why, why I was away. And, and it's again, like we're serving a, a larger congregation, larger than just here. And, and that is a, that's a really precious thing. You know, it's precious to connect in that way, in these new ways. So, you know, the other, other good news is Monday, I got vaccinated. And, and that was like super exciting. And, and I sort of knew this was going to happen. So I, so I go into the, the, the CVS and, and I, I get, get it. And then I'm sitting down and I have you sit there for 15 minutes. All of a sudden, like just the tears came. Just <laughs> the tears came. And, you know, I, I'm a middle-aged guy. So I guess it's not that rare to have the gift, the gift of tears, you know, show up more and more frequently. And, and you know, why, why the tears? Well, the tears were just thinking about this season. You know, thinking about, you know, beloved people who've been lost to COVID and lost in other ways as well. And then the promise of this all, too, it's like this, it's holding this both just in this little, getting the vaccine was both this, 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 this painful reminder of a past and this beautiful reminder of a future. And I thought, yeah, there's Easter. There's Easter. A little aside is, is the nurse who was there, she came over, she saw I was tearing. I said, look, I'm a pastor and I'm thinking about so-and-so who, you know, this, this young dad we lost to COVID. And, and she said, it's okay. Jesus cried too. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very good line. And uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's life, folks. And, and please listen carefully to this. And that's Easter. That's Easter. You know, Anne Lamott put it so well. She said, you know, we live in a Good Friday world, but we want to get right to Easter Sunday. And, and sort of Good Friday, for those of you who aren't aware of the Easter story, that's sort of the low point of the whole story. And the high point's Easter Sunday, which we celebrate. And, and there's something about just wanting to rush right through to the celebration with this story. And, and I know for me as a pastor, I don't feel like I'm doing it justice unless we take time to slow down and sort of back down. And, and, and again, understand the harder parts of the story, not understanding them, the harder parts in, in some deep and heavy way, uh, and understand them in a way that can actually give us comfort, believe it or not, that can actually give us inspiration, that can help us to remember that God is always with us. God is always with you. And that's, that's sort of where we're going to be moving towards today. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to go through this, this, this series, and the series is titled Life Begins Here, because, because so much of the time, this Easter story, I mean, if, out of, maybe out of all the stories in the Bible, this is the one that, that is almost a nearly universal human experience. I know for me, many times talking with families who are going through grieving, no doubt many of them are watching here today, you know, I, I make the comment like, yeah, this is your Easter they get it. Because I think we all do. We all go through these, these, these valleys, so to speak, some of which are pretty, are pretty serious. And, and yet there's this other part of God's holding that we find within that. It's not found easily. It's, it's not found lightly. And it's certainly not found quickly. But, but we do, over time, come to new ways of seeing, new ways of seeing the world. 
So, so with this life begins here, with this, 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 uh, this idea that we're going to be talking about, like life begins here. We're going to start with this basic idea. Life begins here. This is a hard journey. And, and I think you would all agree, it definitely has its hard moments. It has its beautiful moments of friendship and connection as well, but it also has its really hard moments. And, and today what we're looking at is, is, is two of them. Now, little background. Every Monday morning, excuse me, a Monday morning and the whole way through the week, I, at 8.30 a.m., I do a little Facebook Bible study. Any of you are welcome to join it. Most days, we just take a sentence of Scripture. We just look at that. We offer a little comment, a little meditation. A little, we pray together. We bless together. And then we connect together. Just that simple. And what is, what is fascinating about that to me is, is just reading through the Bible in a different way, and as reading through it, coming up to two stories that are back-to-back. And it's a surprise that they're back-to-back. So historically, you know, please remember that the Bible was an oral tradition. In other words, people would hear this in one sitting. They would hear one gospel in one sitting. Now, as they, as they would do that, that sitting, I'm going to just switch this a little bit of here, crackling. Um, as they would do that in that, in that sitting... There we go. Is that a little better? All right. As they, as they would do that in that, in that, that, that setting of, of hearing it, these stories were meant to sort of move into one another in a way that doesn't usually get preached. And, and today we're looking at a story where we have a story, a beautiful story of blessing, and then right after it, a story of betrayal. Now, now I don't want to go whole hog on the thing of betrayal. I mean, I was thinking today, like, how do I, how do I explain betrayal to people? And because not everyone has experienced betrayal. I mean, some people have, uh, no doubt some people have not. I think where I would say would be, maybe if you've experienced betrayal, hold it that way. But look at it as a walking away if you haven't. You know, inevitably our lives have these walking away times where we walk away from someone or someone walks away from us. And life is, again, blessing in this betrayal slash walking away. Oftentimes are, you know, they're, it's, it's just part of our story. It's, it's, it's just interesting to watch the Bible and how it consistently comes back to sort of these rugged parts of life, these beautiful parts and these rugged parts. Beautiful, smooth seas and storms. And that, again, is why I think that, the, the, that you know, the book has just lasted all this time because that just strikes us as true when we read it. So today the story we're looking at is this story of this woman and her blessing. And I'm going to read you that story. This is Matthew 26. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper. So what's interesting, he was in the home of the man Simon the leper. Leprosy, you were put on the outside of society. You were isolated. So clearly this tells you Simon was somebody who he had healed. That's an important part of the story. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. So, so perfume, I was looking up historically at this time, it came in very, very small sort of one-use vials. And they were made of, of a breakable glass. And so you, it was sort of a one-shot deal. Expensive perfume, perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When Jesus saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Now that line there, again, like you can tell, they've actually learned Jesus' message pretty well. It's a pretty legitimate question for disciples to be asking of Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus said, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. 
The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Again, we're coming up to the Easter story. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached, the good news throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, that's a, that's a, powerful, that's a powerful concept. And I think maybe it gets to this idea, you know, that it, it says she has done a beautiful thing. So here's Jesus who spent 99.9% of his time healing, feeding, teaching. All these, all these things where he's taking care of the needs out there in the world. And then he has this one little brief moment. This one little brief moment in the Bible where he goes, time out. Essentially calls a time out. And he allows himself to be, to be anointed with this oil, with this beautiful perfume. You know, and, and it, it just is so fascinating. Like, well, what is, what is that about? And I think it's because of this. I think life also begins here. Like, we get that life is hard. We move through that. We do the healing. We do as much healing as we possibly can. And then we have to have these moments where we stop and we bless what is right in front of us. Where we stop and we bless what is right in front of us. It's so easy. I mean, raise your hand if you're guilty of this. It's so easy to get lost in the doing. It's so easy to get lost in the doing. Because the doing never ends. You know, I remember when I, was, when I was a public school teacher feeling like, oh man, one of the hard parts of the job is there's never a firm end, and then I'm thinking about stuff at night, and I'm thinking about stuff in the morning, and then I go into work. And boy, won't it be nice when I'm not a school teacher, I'm not a secondary school teacher anymore, and then I'll, then I'll have this really clear Zen-like mind. <laughs> Did not happen. Did not happen. Doing is its own temptation. And here's Jesus saying, okay, you just need to have times where you just take a breath and you bless what's right in front of you. That's why this sermon is called The Hard Work and Blessing It All. Life begins, in part, when we learn to really bless what's here. What's right here and right now. So with that, I would ask us all to get a big breath. And to think through this, new church theology, Manuel Swinburne commenting, commenting on this said, you know, this, this blessing, when we sort of break this jar and we, we sort of bless the holy part right in front of us, that's where, and this is his language, not mine, he said, that's where the church is inaugurated in our hearts with gladness and happiness. Like inaugurated. You know, inaugurated. That's where the church like gets inaugurated. That's where it gets started. That's that's where we can we can just get this sense of of uh, yeah. You know, the word that's coming to my mind actually is sort of relishing something. Just just relishing living in this blessing that is our lives. I know if you're like me, it's so easy for our mind to instantly go to what we have to do and the worry that we believe we have to have in two hours. <laughs> What's the worry you believe you have to have in two hours? Like, let's not go there. 
Instead, let's, let's really pull into like, yep, I want to bless what's holy right in front of me. Right in front of me. Life's filled with fire and rain, right? It's filled with all this mixed. Blessing and betrayal or blessing and walking away, however you want to hold it. And it all has to start with blessing what's right in front of us. So what I want you to do here is I want you to take 60 seconds as the musicians get ready for their second song and take a look at this, at this particular question. What holy thing do you want to bless right in front of you? What holy thing do you want to bless right in front of you? Take a picture of it if you want and send it to me or a person or, or a thought. Like, like what is the holy thing literally right in front of you today that you want to bless right now? And then you get 60 seconds to do that. Then we have our middle song. And when we come back, I'm going to share some of these wonderful insights that you folks inevitably share with the congregation. See you after the song. That's all right. Okay, that's totally good. Totally fine. So, uh, yeah, folks, just, just beautiful. And beautiful hearing what, what, what people had to, what people had to, to share was just, just gorgeous. Uh, you know, somebody sent me a picture of a, you know, their significant other. That was beautiful. Uh, Kane Lermit sent me this one. It's, it's a beautiful line here. Uh, it's hard to convey exactly how good it can feel to be alive sometimes. But from time to time, the gratitude of the taste of perfectly prepared tea, a hug from one of my kids, even a fight makes you realize I'm still here and I still have time to make things better. Another person sending in a beautiful view of flowers from the, from the kitchen window. Uh, somebody watched from down in Philly simply stated, the love I share with my family, that's beautiful. Today what I would like to, to bless right in front of me uh, is all the patients admitted here all the patients admitted here at Abington and wish them a healthy recovery. <laughs> wish them a healthy recovery. That's beautiful. Uh, two people in a row said, my marriage. Another person said, my marriage so often taken for granted, but the most valuable part of my life. My son and his future endeavors. Blessings that break our hearts. And, and just beautiful family shots, you know, that some, a number of people sent, sent that in, sending in beautiful, beautiful family shots. So, so that idea, folks, like that, that, that that's so much what we're looking for. We're so much looking forward to, to that, to like blessing that part that's right there in front of us. And, and, and the amazing part is none of us needed to reach far to, to see that. 
I mean, it may, we may not be in that particular locale right now, but it's right here. It's right here. And we can bless it right now. It's right here, and we can bless it right now. So let's look at, let's walk into the second part of the story. So we have, we have this idea of, of blessings. And then literally, like if I was showing you my Bible, it's like paragraph for blessing, next paragraph, betrayal. You know, and it's, it's, we're going to look at that betrayal part. And again, I want to say that not everyone experiences betrayal, you know. And, and so if you're rolling your eyes going like, well, that's a downer. That never happened to me. Well, great. And, but maybe there's been a walking away in your life in some way that, that still carries a little bit of a challenge around it. And in that, in that case, that's what to hold. And, and we're going to look at sort of the ultimate story of betrayal here, which is this guy, Judas. Judas. Now, Judas was one of Jesus's 12 closest followers, and, and he's the guy who actually betrays. His, his betrayal of Jesus actually leads to Jesus's uh, being turned over and then eventually executed. So, so he's, he's uh, yeah, you know, like, what is he? Is he the bad guy of this story? I don't know. You know, he's, he's in this story. We know that. And, and what I know as well, you know, at New Church Live, we do tons and tons of baptisms here. You know, we do a bunch. Often a lot of years, you know, we're at, if you look at a, a baptism, you know, we're oftentimes doing 25 of those or so a year. And, uh, you know, part of the baptism is that the parents formally name the child. And, uh, you know, I've never had a parent go like, his name is Judas. We just don't. Lots of Peters, lots of James, lots of Johns, lots of Thomases, uh, lots of Simons. Like lots of these, lots of these biblical names that we hear over and over and over and over again. But you will not hear the name of Judas unless you're a Judas Priest fan. You know, where you just you just don't hear it. You don't hear it. And, and, you know, maybe by the end of, of today, we'll be able to hold even that a little bit, you know, a little bit lighter. Now, now, Judas, the, the way the story goes, I'm going to read it for you here, is Judas, again, just the very next couple of paragraphs, Matthew 26, the one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him, if I deliver Jesus over to you? In other words, if I betray him and like say, this is the guy and I give him to you. So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. And we'll, we'll see how that comes. We'll look at that opportunity being exercised next week. So, so Judas betrays him. And what's, what's interesting in the biblical story, again, with all things, it's, it's real important what we read, and it's real important what we don't read as well. And, and, and a big question, I'm actually going to step over here for a second. A big question is, is what would actually lead us to walk away. I mean, it's, it's, it's with all biblical stories, we're to ask ourselves, we're not to like take this and go like, oh, yeah, I've met a few Judases in my life. Let me tell you about them. It's not that at all. It's, it's about looking in our own hearts and, and getting clear. Yeah, you know what? There's been times where like, yeah, I, I get that. Sort of being a sellout of sorts. What would, you know, this question, like what would cause you to walk away? What would cause you to walk away? And it's, it's interesting, right? Because like here Jesus is saying, yeah, bless the holy things right in front of you. And then immediately there's a walking away. And, and, and man, you know what? 
I don't pretend that we all walk away from our blessings, but, but it does happen on occasion, you know, that we do walk away. What causes that? Are we tired? Are we bored? Did something not live quite up to our particular expectations? Did something not live up to the way we thought it was supposed to be? What would cause you to walk away? Yeah, walk away from the blessings, walk away from spirituality. Like, what would cause you to do that? See, this this is a big question. Because I, I think we're trying today, and, and this is really hard to put into language, we're trying to move beyond our preferences into circling back into the significance of what one author terms as a phrase I use it all the time, long obedience in one direction. Long obedience in one direction. Now, that, that doesn't mean that we won't have moments where we walk away from stuff. And some of the time, I want to be clear, it's the total right decision. It's the total right decision. Discernment is knowing when it is the right decision and when it isn't. And when it can just be like a simple selling out. As, as we step back into the story, after taking that little, little detour with Judas and looking at that question, what would cause you to walk away? It's just understanding again, like this weariness or this whatever that might cause you to step away. You know, that's, that's part of the story too. Like here's this woman who's leaning in and here's this disciple who's leaning out. Again, such a, such a beautiful capturing of life there. And, and the Bible, folks, again, and I'm going to preach on this next week, it's so important to see that this is a landscape we walk through with God. So these things are part of life and how we hold them. And again, understanding life begins here. Life begins here when we, again, like we start to put edges around this stuff. There's, there's an absolute genius, I think, to this section of the Bible. Absolute genius. It's not where we find faith in answers or in a surety or in even perfection. Because, folks, the story's not perfect. If the story was perfect, we would just end with the blessing. And add in, and they all lived happily ever after. That's not the story. Stories, you know, just, just the genius of being able to put these two things in tension. And I think, as, you know, as making some notes here, you know, it's, it's where we learn to place our faith, not in ideas, not in answers, quote unquote, and not in preferences. Again, I think that's a big one. Not in ideas, not in answers, and not in our particular preferences. But putting our faith in the holding. Putting our faith in the holding. We had such a rich conversation in sermon writing team on this. And, and you know, so much of it is like, how do we hold this space? And I think if you're like me, a lot of the time when, when we're called to hold a space, 
what instantly triggers is how many ideas <laughs> can, I, can I bring to organize all this? How can I juxtapose all those, all my ideas, my opinions, and my thoughts on this? Because I know the way, I know the way it's supposed to go. Where we have life and we end up deeply disappointed because somehow life is following a different plan than ours. That holding, folks, I think, is where we learn this. This is, a, this is a big line, and I want to sort of say it two ways, where we learn that trusting God is different than trusting our ideas about God. St. John of the Cross, as those of you who are sort of spiritual geeks would, would know, those of you who are not, this is just, he's had a fascinating concept, dark night of the soul. He said, dark night of the soul was when your ideas about God died so that you could really learn who God was and who God is. That's painful. Painful. And in that phrase, like, you know, trust in God more than my ideas about God, that, that, that can feel esoteric and it can feel sort of hard. Like, how do I actually get, get claws into that? Like, what exactly does that mean? Here's what it means. Trust love more than you trust your ideas about love. Trust love more than you trust your ideas about love. Here's blessing and here's, here's betrayal. There's blessing and here's betrayal. Can I just allow love to hold that? Can I just allow, can I just allow love to hold that? I think that's the story. I think, think that's so much the migration that Jesus is asking us to take is to trust love, not trust our ideas about love. And when we do that, we learn to trust God, not just trust our ideas about God. Now, does that mean that we want to sort of um, erase in ourselves all ideas of God? I mean, obviously not. I mean, churches, we talk about these ideas. They're, they're very enlightening to, to talk about. And there are times when, when sort of the, 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 you know, the flows of life are reaching a dark place where I think all we're left with, folks, is just trusting love. We're trusting the holding of that. Not any answers that may come out of here. We're trusting the holding of our heart not just the ideas coming out of here. That's incredibly significant, I think, because that's where we truly understand what holding space is about. And nothing will hold that space as well as love will. I mean, folks, right? Like these past few weeks, past few months, have been filled with threshold moments for many of us. Those threshold moments is where life was one way, one minute, and the next minute, something different. Oftentimes, a phone call right here. Life was this, phone call, life was that. With those threshold moments, 
I imagine for many of you, and it's certainly true for me, when those things happen, the first thing I look for is to connect with those other beautiful souls who I know will join with me in just holding whatever that is in love. That's not a Pollyannish love. That's a love that can laugh, and that's a love that can cry. There's great beauty in that. And that simple trusting of love, not our ideas about love. You just fast forward, right? In a few weeks, folks, in a few short weeks, you know, some of you will be donating flowers to all kinds of people, including people you don't know out in Michigan. Now imagine that mom out there in Michigan right now feeling so alone in a shelter because she can't be around her husband or her boyfriend or ever because he's a danger to her and her kids. And flowers show up from a crazy little church out in Philadelphia. And no doubt other things showing up from other churches, mosques, and synagogues as well. That's what trusting love looks like. We don't know what the outcome will be. We don't know whether somebody gets those flowers and all of a sudden life has changed or, or whatever. We don't know. We don't know whether it goes to that mom who right now has a little girl who's going to be the next Tracy Chapman. We don't know any of those things. All we know is that not trusting love will never work. Not trusting love means we don't do those things. Trusting love means we do. And we let go of our ideas of how it's all supposed to work. And we let God do what God does best, which is surprise and miracles. We just allow that to occur. Oddly, paradoxically, what we end up with is a good quitting. It's not a bad quitting. It's not where we are a quitter around life. It's where we've got this Jenga puzzle where we're trying to get all the wood blocks together and we finally go like, I just, I just can't do it. I can't get them all together. I'm going to be a good quitter. And what does a good quitter do? A good quitter trusts. They trust in love, not just ideas about love. They trust in God, not just their own ideas about God. And if they can trust in God and they can trust in, in love, somehow things start to come together. Not in our way, not in our plan. Because we've learned to be a good quitter. We've learned to be a good quitter and we've learned to be an even better observer. Or as Christians would say, I love this phrase, a better witness. Someone better at looking at it and going like, can you believe that miracle? How somehow it all fits together. Because somehow faith can indeed hold that space. I love this 
beautiful piece of stained glass. It's right at the front of the Bernathan Cathedral. What's interesting to it, it's Jesus up, is up there at the top and underneath are the 12 disciples, 12 close followers of Jesus. Guess who's in that stained glass window? <laughs> Our buddy Judas. He made the Hall of Fame. And what does it tell you God can make? What can it tell you that God can create? See, see stained glass, folks, in, in, a, in a real way, it's just little pieces of glass that are broken. Broken into certain shapes, certain colors, and then fit together. And when we're right up against that window, like that window right here, we can't see it. All we see are little pieces of, of color and broken glass. But then we get these moments in life where we just get to step back and see the beauty of the picture, the beauty of the grace that is there. So as we go into this Easter season, folks, please, you know, just take the time to let Easter really work on you this Easter season. Don't jump way ahead to jelly belly, uh, you know, beans, the jelly belly beans, you know, the marshmallow chicks. Like, that's coming. That'll be fun. That's Sunday in a few weeks. But really, friends, like, let the story work on you. Let it get into your bones. Really understand what it's trying to tell us. Because it's such a poignant, rich story. It's a story, of course, about Jesus up at this huge, huge, huge level. And at a far smaller level, it's our story too. So let's have a week where we trust God more than we trust just our ideas about God. And most importantly, let's have a week where we trust love more than we trust just our ideas about love. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is we're, we're going to do uh, a prayer. We're going to do a prayer, then I'll do, do the Our Father prayer. We'll do a little blessing, and then we'll have our, have our last song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, thank you for this, for this story. Like as always, my story, our story, the story, like, like so much of Easter is the story. And it's a story we can surrender our individual stories to, understanding it all somehow goes together. Help us, Lord, to be there. Help us to appreciate as we move to the sun shining again. As we see ourselves moving out of this time of winter towards a time of spring. But allow us, Lord, not to rush it. Help us to be patient with it. The hard parts, the beautiful parts, the blessings, the betrayal, the walking away. Help us learn to just hold it all as one story as you do. A beautiful tapestry, a beautiful window. And Lord, especially this week, 
when we run into trouble. Help us to just take a big breath together. And remember and remind that we are to trust love more than we trust our ideas about love. That we are to trust you more than we trust just our ideas about you. Be with us this week, Lord. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.